This is the Mile High Five podcast with Carl Jensen and Doug Cunnington. We have authentic conversations about the journey to Phi, health, happiness, and some very odd tangents. We interview Phi experts, side hustlers, people on their way to Phi, and those who have reached the other side. Join us every week, and if you want the show notes and links and all that other stuff, head over to milehighfi.com. Hello, world. Welcome to the Mile High Fi podcast. I'm Carl Jensen. And I'm Doug Cunnington. Sorry, I was supposed to say with my co-host. But really, we're, we're uh, equal partners. Yeah. yeah. Well, I blame myself for that flub. We've only done this like 100 times. Do we have a blooper reel episode? I think basically all of them are kind of a blooper reel. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> anyway, we have a very special, and I almost don't want to say guest because of what this episode is about. It's more than a guest. Tell us who you, who you are and what you do. My name's Alan Donegan. I'm the co I'm the host of the Rebel Entrepreneur Podcast and the co-founder of Rebel Business School and Rebel Finance School. Yeah, so I want to talk about why we are talking to you today. Alan, when did we first meet? Was that 2017 or 2018? I always get the date wrong. Or 2016. I think it was 2016. Yeah, in Ecuador yeah. at Chautauqua. Yeah, you're right. I met you way back in 2016. And I think our I know our lives are in vastly different places than where they were back then, completely different. And I like to think they're for the better. And some of my better is because of you. So anyway, fast forward to a couple months ago, I was listening to the Rebel Entrepreneur podcast, and it was where you made the announcement that your podcast was going to be discontinued by the Choose Fi Network. And I had two immediate thoughts. And my first one, I'm not talking down on Choose Fi. Much respect to Brad and Jonathan. Awesome people, awesome podcasts, and they're great. But my first thought was, what the hell are they thinking? They're letting Alan go. No, this can't be happening. But my next thought was like, okay, I'm going to, I want to pick up where they left off. I need, if Alan doesn't have a home somewhere else, we need to get him on our network, Doug. And I think I texted you. I don't remember how I got a hold of you. I think I Facebook messaged you with him. Facebook messenger. Yeah. Yeah. I was out for a walk. And as soon as I got home, I sent you a message about this whole thing. So that brings us to where we're at today. It's very, yeah, very cool. And you, you got in touch with me right away, and I was like, Alan, who? And then I was like, Oh yeah, <laughs> that I know guy, Alan, that yeah. weirdo that came to my house and did a podcast in the basement. And yeah, yeah. So we we were excited. Carl and I had been thinking about having a network, and this just sort of presented itself, kind of perfect timing because we've been working out kinks um, with the network idea and a couple things like that. But yeah, we're we're like this this sounds like it's going to be great. So, you know, we did chat and kind of ironed some details out with you, Alan. But for people that haven't checked out Rebel Entrepreneur, what's the show about? How did it start? Well, it started, I guess, the show, the basic concept of the show is how do you build a business without debt? How do you make your own money? How do you create an extraordinary life? how do you make progress on what you want to do? And it's kind of evolved over the years, but it actually was built out of the Rebel Business School, which I launched. It's got its 10-year anniversary this year, uh, and we've been helping people around the world to do exactly that mission, but face-to-face. And Brad and Jonathan approached me and said, Alan, we think this would make a great podcast. Would you be up for doing it? Um, And I thought, 
yes, it'll help me reach a bigger audience. It'll help me spread the message of you can build any life you want to. And that's, that's what I've been doing ever since. That's the plan is to help people <laughs> create an extraordinary life, whatever that means. And how did, how did you meet those guys initially? Do you remember? Yeah, I initially met Brad. It was actually around the same time I met uh, Carl. We were going on the Chautauqua event. And at the time, Brad was offering travel miles advice to help people get to Chautauqua. So we spoke to him uh, and he basically said, for you English people, there is no hope. But we made friends. He was awesome. Uh, I started listening to their podcast. And I think it was around episode 20 or something. I shot them an email going, I listened to your Pillars of Fi episode. Where's entrepreneurship? Because you can build a side hustle. You can make money. That'll help you get to Fi. Uh, we did an episode together, which led to like a lot of episodes together and a lot of fun. And that's kind of how that evolved. And it just all started from me shooting him an email with like 12 ideas for episodes. That's awesome. And, and I guess, you know, we didn't make a specific announcement, but your show is coming to our network. So that that's why we're talking right now. So we kind of really eased into it, but surprise everyone, Rebel Entrepreneur is coming to the Mile High Five podcast network, which is a name we just confirmed. Like this is how by the seat of the pants we're going. So welcome, Alan. It's great to have you and, and your show on the network. I'm so excited to to be with you. And I think, yeah, that was the big thing when I like the change from Choose FI to where do we go next? How do we do the business model? What do we do? Where does the podcast hosting happen? And like, I can... I can learn to do anything. I could have learned to edit my own episodes. I could have done all sorts of things. I know I can learn that, but equally, my skills, I like to think, are as a host and a coach on the podcast, and that's actually where I want to spend my time. So the fact I can partner with you, um, that gives me the freedom to put out content, and you can help me with the, the pieces that are far more difficult for me. I'm super excited. And also, like your skills... Doug, with what you've been doing, niche sites, SEO, like I feel you have some huge value to bring to the Rebel audience. And Carl, you've done talks for us at the Rebel Business School about blogging, about what you do. Like you've got a super smart, I don't think you realize this, but you've got a super smart business brain on you uh, that works beautifully. And I'm really excited about this partnership and what we can do and where we can go and like, I hope I can bring something to your audience, but we're going to have the two podcasts. We're going to be a network, but I feel like there's a whole crossover, a bit like the multiverse of madness. There'll be some crossovers going on. <laughs> was that a comic reference? That was a Doctor Strange reference? It was indeed a Marvel Doctor Strange reference. Uh, they love a good crossover movie at Marvel. I like it. And that's one of the things I'll, I'm actually looking forward to most. I don't think, well, our podcast will mostly standalone, separate silos, I guess they call it. I don't know who made up that stupid word. But I also think we'll be able to do a lot of crossover stuff, at least once a quarter, maybe more. And I think some of it is going to be about business. But uh, Alan, you have so much other good knowledge to share, like self-improvement and just how to act and how to be a good human. And I look forward to talking more about that with you. And I think that can benefit both our audiences, even though 
It might not be related to personal finance or asparagus, which is where Doug and I tend to head, or towards <laughs> starting a business, which is where what the Rebel Entrepreneur is about. With the Rebel Entrepreneur has developed over the years, and I've spent a lot of time doing different episodes. And one of the ones that hit a lot recently was there was the extraordinary belongs to those that create it. And then another episode that talked about how do you practically create an extraordinary life? And that can be applied to business. It can be applied to financial independence. It can be applied to just your life on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think when you actually get down to the nuts and bolts of it, it's all really about how do you lead a great life? And there are some tactical pieces, like we did an episode on uh, sales strategy for LinkedIn. And that's got some great stuff about how do you use LinkedIn to reach out and that sort of stuff. But it's still about how do you communicate to people? And that's kind of the essence of all of this is communication, working together and building amazing things. Yeah, very true. One other silly side question. I feel so stupid for asking you this, Alan. I apologize <laughs> to, to your audience. Our audience is already prepared for my idiocy, but do you like asparagus, uh, Alan? And the reason I ask this is uh, Doug and I sometimes have side talks on it. I think some people don't know asparagine can be, it's an amino acid and it can be addictive and, and Doug might, may or may not have had an addiction to it. Do you, do you like asparagus, Alan, or? Like, it's lovely when it arrives in my world. I can't say I go out and seek it uh, on a daily basis, but, you know, it, it it's tasty. It's sometimes nice with an eggs benedict in the morning. Okay. I apologize for that question. Let's move on. No, that's all right. I was, was going to say, you know, just us talking about it, like I've been getting more asparagus uh, just generally because I usually shop at Sam's and you can get like a, a two-pound bundle for a, a pretty good price. So next time you're here, Alan. Uh, I would like to tell everyone on the podcast, I think possibly the best steak I have ever eaten in my life was cooked by none other than Doug when we came to Colorado. And uh, I think I ate about two and a half steaks that night because it was so good and I couldn't let it go. You are an incredible chef, Doug. Thanks. Incredible. Um, yeah, and I still marvel at that. Every time I go to a restaurant and I have a steak, it's like it's not quite like the one Doug had. Thank you. So next time you're in town, steaks and asparagus. We could do it. <laughs> we could do that for sure. Okay. And back on track. This is how the, the show goes most of the time. So, okay. You were doing Rebel Entrepreneur. Uh, I think you have uh, quite a few episodes under your belt. Um, I'm curious, you know, generally how the experience was. You're obviously a uh, an experienced speaker and, mm -hmm. you know, business owner and entrepreneur and doing a podcast is a little bit different. So, you know, how did it go? How, how do you feel it's been going? So it's been a journey. It's absolutely been a journey. I've learned a lot of lessons along the way. And uh, when I first launched, I had a, a guy that I was doing a bit of it with, and he was really pushing me to record the live courses and then get it edited into a podcast. But that's a real mission. There is a reason why every podcast out there is an interview podcast. And that's because the amount of work it takes to do an edited NPR style podcast with interviews, live stuff, like it's phenomenal the amount of work to do that. 
And that actually nearly killed me ever doing the podcast because uh, I kept saying, this work is going to fall to me. And he was like, let's agree it won't. I'm like, we can sure agree that, but I'm sure it's going to end up falling on me. And guess what? It ended up falling on me to listen through it all, to cut out the bits. Then, because there's there's two types of editor. There's a story editor, and then there's the editor that like just removes the ums and ahs, makes the audio balanced. So, and we had an editor that did the audio, not the story. Um, and recently, Patrick, the Rebel Entrepreneur podcast manager, has been doing the story as well because he's been with us for a year, so he knows what he's doing now. Um, but that nearly killed my progress. Like the podcast nearly never became something because of the amount of work that was. Uh, then I decided to do a mini experiment, and the mini experiment was one season. And we did the first season. It went really well. Everyone seemed to enjoy it. We took a break because it was a lot of work. Uh, and then when I came back, my audience had under like over halved. So we lost half the audience because we took a break. And they probably went off somewhere else. They were doing other things. And it's taken then like a huge amount of time to build up to that number. And we're just surpassing what we were at in season one now again. So it's been a really interesting journey with ups and downs and learning what episodes work, what episodes don't. <laughs> I got my worst review based on one episode of the show. You know, when, do you ever get that where you get bad reviews online? Uh, we, we don't get bad reviews online, but we've heard of people that have. Oh, okay, of course, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've heard, like, there was this guy called J.T. Fox who bills himself as the world's number one wealth and money coach. And he's a big character. He charges a fortune for his courses. Like, I was reticent to have him on the show because of, like, who he is. And actually, the, sh the show title was Is Self-Development a Scam? And he spoke a lot about that. But that show particularly, people didn't like what he said. And I left a bit at the end saying, like, this is not all our views, but it's interesting to have other people's views on the show because – there are different perspectives. Um, and it's interesting how much he grated against our audience and my message. Yeah, which has made me think a lot more about the different guests you have on and how you do it and what's actually the message you're crafting through the show, like how actually you're trying to help people. Don't you think that's that reaction is kind of a positive thing for you, though? Because if that guy, and I guess I'm basing that I've never heard of this person before, but it sounds like he's kind of uh, anyone selling an expensive course. I'm pretty skeptical about. So the fact that your audience reacted against that is a vote of confidence for you. I think your audience has the right. I'm trying to think of a good way to phrase this. Maybe the right standards. I don't know. That's not the word I'm looking for. But I don't know. I, I think that they criticize that may have been a good thing. It's it's interesting because they still put the review on my podcast, uh, <laughs> which. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I still yeah. got the the review that said this is this is rubbish. Don't listen to this, which is about my whole podcast, which right. I found challenging because I'm like, that's one episode out of nearly 200 that I've recorded so far. And actually, if it challenged you, that's probably a good thing. But it is interesting. Yes. And I do want a challenge because I don't know if I've ever said this expression to you guys, but your success in life is directly related to the number of uncomfortable moments you can go through. And 
if someone makes you uncomfortable, it's worth exploring what's inside you that creates that discomfort with what they're saying. And it's interesting. So like, I do think challenging episodes and challenging people is a good thing. And you're not going to like everything I say or Doug says or Carl says. Um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating, fascinating. So I have a, a follow-up question on that. Did, I forget the person's name, but did that person reach out to you and pitch to be on your show? Yes, they did. Yeah, JT Fox, um, they pitched to be on the show. Uh, don't know why I'm repeating his name. Don't bother looking it up. It's obviously not <laughs> yeah. a great episode. But yeah, they pitched to be on the show. Uh, okay. And then we did a, I said, okay, this would be interesting. I thought, like in my head, I thought, I wonder what he's going to come on and say. Is it going to be controversial? I can still do an intro and outro so I can control the message, which I think I did on the show. Yeah, but they actively reached out and I get, I don't know, I must get like 10 to 15 pitches to be on the show a week at the moment. It's really starting to snowball the number of people yeah. that want to be on the show. Yeah, and I was going to say, my I have another podcast, much smaller than than yours, and I get probably, uh, whatever, like half of that uh, as far as pitches, but I reject all of them now because they're hiring marketing companies that are doing a really terrible job. They're like, dear Mr. Rebel Entrepreneur, uh, <laughs> we love your show. We really got a lot out of the episode with your last episode. Like they're just using a template. So mm -hmm. I just blanket as a rule. Like I don't, I just say, remove me from your list. Um, because I, I tried a couple, but people are trying to uh, promote their books or their course, or you know they're they're making a lot of money and they're just hiring these marketing firms to just blanket send out emails because podcasts are a great way to reach an audience. And I'm like, well, I have to protect my audience now. And we know enough people, so I, I was going to say I'm not going to we're not going to come in uh, me specifically and like try to tell you what to do. But I would I would say if you just blanket cut all those people out and just work within your network, you're going to be way better off. If you want to talk to someone. You could shoot them an email and say, hey, do you want to be on the show? And that'll be way more organic. Any thoughts on that? There are sometimes interesting messages that come through it. Um, I've got mixed feelings about it. We had a, an SEO expert reach out and say, I want to be on the podcast. And I did an episode with him. Uh, it's scheduled to go out. I've done an intro and an outro. I think it'll be quite controversial because it's like it really does pitch the amount of work you have to do for SEO to work to you. Uh, and I think it's going to put a bunch of people off doing it. And it, it's really interesting, really interesting. Like I have a mixed feelings about doing that, but I think it's valuable to have different perspectives. And I know he was actually doing what he talks about, which is getting backlinks to his website. He was doing on the show and it'll be fascinating to see it. There is value. Like there are good people. And if it was a blanket, no, I guess. Yeah. Brad and Jonathan probably would have said no to me back in the day. But they knew uh, you, they knew you before. Through like your name. one chat about miles. Yeah. I didn't exist in the world of anything at that point. I was not in the FI world. I was not uh, like, I feel like a few people have heard of me now, but this was back in 2016. I'd never messaged anyone. We hadn't met anyone. Uh, I was not a name that anyone would recognize. And I'm still 
massively niche. Like they go, Alan who? Uh, <laughs> and like, yeah, I think there can be value in them, but I agree. It's like thick, like quite hard to find. And then how do I actually know if they're going to be good when they come on? Um, and I say no to most of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I have like, there's one in my inbox right now that I said no to immediately because I was like, this is nothing. This is about building a big business. What are you talking about? And the person I replied saying, this is about a big business. Mine's about small entrepreneurship. Cause I like to give them a reason because like I tell people to go out and sell. And I know how many times you get ignored when you go out and sell. And this is a form of sales. So I like to give them a reason. And they came straight back and said, the two co-founders were born on a council estate in the UK they struggled. They started from scratch. We think they've got a really cool story. And that got my interest. And I'm like, oh, okay, this could actually be interesting then if they started from nothing. Um, yes, there, there is sometimes there, but how much of my time am I willing to spend sifting through all of these different pitches to find the gold? And I'm basically the gatekeeper to the podcast, to the, to the audience. And you have to be like this gatekeeper. Yeah. Yeah, and I far I much prefer talking to people I know. I like there's a million entrepreneurs I can have on for the coaching series. Millions. Like I have I I think we've released season five and I'm recording season nine at the moment. Like there's a million entrepreneurs that need support. And those the coaching series seems to be the stuff that people are really resonating with. It's perfect. Yeah. And I, I agree with all the stuff you said. I think you nailed it when it's like, how much time can I put into, you know, sifting through the good from the bad? And and just to be clear, I don't want to go too deep on this. We can move on right after I finish. But the I I tested, I did, I did interview probably half a dozen people that did pitch and there's a it's like not quite a good match. Maybe they're a little too salesy. Maybe they weren't good as an interviewee or they oversold whatever it is that the pitch was. So I, I did test it. And then I was like, you know what? I don't have time or the desire. That's the big thing. I don't have the desire to like sort, <laughs> sort through emails. I have the time. I just want to do something else with it. So anyway, Carl, do you have any thoughts on it? I mean, yeah, I see. We probably get one or two pitches a day in our email. You probably don't see them because I see them and just delete them. But most of the time, they come <laughs> from an admin. They're like, hey, I'd like you to introduce you to Bill. And Bill wrote this book and da-da-da-da-da. And it just doesn't feel authentic. But we have. We were pitched and we had them on one time. And that was Lewis and Clark. That was a little bit different. It was a case study. They weren't trying to sell anything. I could see, and through through the blog I know too, like – maybe one out of a hundred are worth exploring further. And, but you can usually tell pretty quick, like delete, 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 delete. Eh, maybe this one is mildly interesting and you follow up with one sentence. But yeah, if you paid attention to all of them and answered all of them, you would. Be, <laughs> that's all you do. Yeah, yeah. that would be all you did. Okay. So moving on. Oh, Alan, do you have something else on it? I have a question. Yeah. Is it okay it. if I, I, just for a second, take control? Because I think it's really interesting for we're going to put this episode out on both podcasts so that pe people, rebel entrepreneurs can get to know Doug and Carl uh, and your audience at Mile High Fi can get to know us. And I'm curious, like, Carl, what made you want to give us a home, Doug? 
after your initial reaction of Alan Who, why did you even consider this? Like, why are you helping the rebel entrepreneurs have a home for the podcast? Oh, wow. Boy, that's a great question. So I met you way back in 2016. We talked about that in the introduction. And at first, I was pretty skeptical of you. You talked about what you were doing and how it didn't cost any money. I was like, no, no, no one does that. There's going to be some sell. <laughs> eventually you you get to go for free for the first day or whatever, and then you can buy the course after that. But then it turned out that wasn't the case. There was no money. And furthermore, when people wanted to pay you, like we had an event at the HQ, you didn't want that. You wanted to stay so pure that you didn't want to be influenced at all or take money. So I thought that was so cool that you just wanted to help people. So that's half of it. And the other part is purely selfish. You helped me a lot. You encouraged me to public speak. I, I saw you talk and I'm like, holy crap, this is, this guy really knows how to do it. It's completely different from the way I was taught in the US. You usually have to take a course in college, public speaking. Did you have to take that, Doug? No, it was deep in the engineering school. So they just kind of shut us away. Okay. Well, yeah. Communication uh, is not needed for engineers, is it? Like, yeah. I don't know. To anyone. I'm still surprised. I thought for most schools you had to take that, but they tell you, okay, put your three intro points on note cards and then have your talking points on more note cards and you stand up behind this podium and recite all this garbage and then you have your outgoing funnel where you start specific and then you have your three outgoing points and work out to the broader point. And, and I remember sitting there in this public speaking class and one girl gave a talk. No, it was a, it was a guy and I'm like this might be great information, but this is so boring. I can't even pay attention to it because they're just up there in a monotone. And I remember he finished and the teacher's like, wow, that was a, a great talk. And I'm like, that was garbage. I couldn't even pay attention to it. I'm so bored. And then I saw Alan talk and Alan really knew how to public speak. So my thought at the time was, holy crap, I need to give this another try. And I did. And my life is completely different. So I see how you help me and I see how you help other people. You're so giving it how you interact with people and force them to be better. Force is too strong of a word, but I remember (laughs) one story (laughs) we were at. You you had come to the HQ to give a a course and one lady was working on something and you're like, well, why don't you call this person? And she's like, okay, I'll I'll do that. And I think you're like, well, no, like right now, call him. And she was like, ah, but she did it. And it had a positive outcome. I'm like, holy crap. So I I really appreciated that. And the other thing, I guess one last thing I'll add on real quick is, and I've said the same thing about Doug, is that you both are willing to give me criticism that might not be the happiest criticism. Like with you, and this is the one thing you told me all, and you're like, dude, you need to work on your eye contact. And the whole time I was saying this, I was not making eye contact with you. I know it's a screen, it's a little bit different, but I appreciate that because no one's going to grow from a positive comment, like, hey, you did great. Okay, that's great, but how can I improve? You need people to tell you what you're doing wrong and tell you the shit so you can get better. So, yeah, that's it. And I wonder, some small tangent, sometimes I wonder if I hold eye contact too long and then I think it's okay. Is it weird, Carl, when you you talk to me? Sometimes I get a little creeped out. (laughs) Yeah, It's, it's usually when you wake up and you're like, why are you staring at me? Yeah, yeah. At least like wait till I'm up. So eye contact is contextual. It depends on the setting whether it's appropriate or not. There are settings where eye contact is great if you're in the bathroom with other people. That 
it's not the time to gain eye contact. It can lead to bad outcomes. <laughs> <laughs> Lesson learned. Yeah, the hard way on that one. But <laughs> the back to your question, Alan. So from my perspective, um, before we had the opportunity to work with you, Carl and I were talking about maybe doing another show where he and I do another show and create a network. And then we thought, well, there's a lot of people that have something to share. And it would be, uh, frankly, a lot of work for us to just keep doing more and more shows, even though it's a lot of fun. So we had the seed of the idea and this looked perfect. It's not like you would have to learn the the art and craft of podcasting or speaking or putting together a story, you're already solid on that. So it seemed like a no brainer. The The other thing that sort of guides the our podcast, Carl, and then the network idea is, is this going to be fun or not? Are we working with people that we want to work with? Are they interviews that we like where we want to talk to people or did someone you know pitch us and they have a book coming out and we don't know who they are? So we, we like you, Alan. And it seemed like a, a great opportunity to be able to work with you. And then the, the secondary thing, right? I'm even though we're not doing this to earn money, especially on the front end, we've we're literally just um, lighting money on fire at this point. But yeah, I'm going to come back to that statement <laughs> in a second after you finish because I do have questions as Carl shuffles the cash that you're just about to burn on this podcast. Indeed. Yeah. So it, it's not specifically about money but uh, you know coming at it from an entrepreneur standpoint and a business standpoint we see that there could be potential in the future if something you know looks right for us and the fact is you have a show that's already established and you know you you have had a bit of a roller coaster ride with the downloads and the growth and stuff like that but basically you have, you have a bigger show than ours so from a reach standpoint a business standpoint what's well, it's a no brainer right like we can help you we I, you know basically we have the infrastructure set up to do the editing and some of the other pieces that you don't want to handle and it's it's kind of dialed in on my show i have like 350 shows or something so it's it's wow. sort of refined and then your show's growing at, at this point in time so it seems like oh wow it's win for everyone so like i am genuinely curious you're about to light a bunch of money on fire because i have no sponsors like I have had one sponsor that's helped me fund and he's incredible. He wants to remain anonymous. That's helping me fund the transition in some different bits. Um, but we don't have a source of income. I was actually pitched on LinkedIn yesterday, not pitched. That's the wrong word, but I got an amazing message from the listeners on LinkedIn, uh, saying that they would be happy to fund 15 to $20 on Patreon a month for the podcast. So we have some incredible listeners that want to support the podcast, but let's be honest at the moment. And I always say this to everyone, promises of money are not great until you've actually got the check in your hand or the cash in your bank or checks are a bit old school. If you don't remember those, think about a bank transfer, but until you've actually got the money, there's nothing there. So we don't have sponsors. We don't have cash. We don't have anything. And you're offering to pay for the editing, the hosting, the stuff. And yeah, 
why do you want to set your money on fire with me without a promise of return? This is like the opposite of what I would train anyone to do on my rebel business schools. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I think if you do, <laughs> I, I had that thought as you were saying that, because one of the foundations of of rebel business school is to like make a sale, like ask someone if they'll buy your phone case or whatever you're trying to do, maybe even before you make it. Hey, do you like this? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you want to buy one? And this is the opposite. But I do think that if you do really high quality work, you will make money. And I should I should say, I think our long-term goal is to make money, but we're treading carefully. We don't want the money to screw up the content. How annoying is it when you listen to a podcast and then there's a mid-roll ad in there, like in the middle of a conversation. And then you hit forward 10 times and then you've moved past where they restart. So then you're heading back and you're getting pissed off and all that shit. So I think we probably could make money now if we want to, but we're treading carefully. But again, if you do high quality work, the money will eventually come. And I'm not too worried about that. And actually, I didn't mention it to you, Carl, but we do have a sponsor for this episode. So this is our mid-roll ad. This this is brand new. It's Adam and Eve. Are you familiar with Adam and Eve? I am not. Well, obviously the Bible concept, but I'm not sure that's what you're talking about. It is not. It is the opposite of that. So Google it. And <laughs> we've, we've been testing out a lot of products, Carl and I, personally. And um, they're great. Adam and Eve is fantastic. And the coupon code, you can get like 10% off and a free DVD. It's Hot Carl. So just type that in, Hot Carl, and you can save some money. All right. I have that, just that's a joke, that, everyone. And I'm slightly concerned about the site <laughs> that I've just found. Did you know that Adam Eve is also part of Cockney rhyming slang? No. Do you understand the concept of Cockney rhyming slang? No. I know what all those words are, but not together. So Cockney rhyming slang develops in East London, and it's a way of saying something without actually saying it. So you say a couple of words, and it rhymes with something else. So you would say, can you Adam and Eve it? And Adam and Eve it rhymes with believe it. So oh. you're basically saying, can you believe it? Or if you were at home, you'd say, I'm going to go up the apple and pears. Uh, an apple and pears, pears rhymes with stairs. So you're saying I'm going upstairs. Or do you fancy going for a Ruby Murray? You know what a Ruby Murray is? No. It's a no. curry. So it's an Indian, it's a curry. So let's go out for a curry. So it's Cockney rhyming slang. Can you Adam and Eve it? No, I don't Adam and Eve it that you are actually promoting that business. Please do not Google that if you are listening to it. Make sure you have safe search on. Uh, you never know where Doug and Carl are going to point you next. Yeah, but... Yeah, go go ahead. Go Isn't ahead. hot Doug something too? I think we had a conversation about that. It, sh it should be. We should. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll put a link to Urban Dictionary, and maybe we'll have a future collaboration with Adam and Eve with that coupon code too. But it currently does not work. Yeah, just to be clear, well, we don't have a coupon code. That whole thing was a joke. <laughs> There's no sponsor, so no no one try and use it. It won't work. Um, but. We're, we'll be in conversations and talks with Adam and Eve. So fine products. Okay. So the... I think my audience is going to have to get used to your straight uh, humor, which I love. Most Americans pull out of their jokes far too early, uh, but you guys seem to just leave it hanging there, uh, which I'm very, very impressed at Thanks. your level of sticking through the jokes. Thanks. Yeah, we, we sell it pretty hard. But back back to the point, and the thing is, 
we are serious podcasters. So we remember what we were talking about. So at some point, I think there could be an opportunity to earn money. And I did have uh, a company that represents a lot of big podcasts contact me. And the unfortunate part is the rates that they pay are pretty low for what you can get from a general population. So my personal podcast, The Doug Show, it's very specific. It's a very specific audience. The download numbers are very modest, but the companies that want to get in touch with my audience, they'll pay a lot. High margin companies. So I I can earn way more working directly with companies representing myself versus a more general kind of uh, advertiser, general companies and stuff like that. So I think, you know, we'll all have to figure out what works for certain shows and what opportunities we may have, but it may come down to somewhat of like a donation model where as long as we're breaking even, you know, none of us are doing this for money specifically. So as long as we're breaking even and we're not lighting money on fire for more than a few more months here, then maybe we're okay. It could be merchandise. We have uh, some new stuff coming together in the merchandise area where, you know, maybe it's like overpriced t-shirts basically, but it's the intention of supporting the show, something like that. So any other thoughts on that, Alan, as far as like earning money and I guess just keeping it afloat? I want the podcast to reach people and it's interesting. I've never run a podcast as a business because we had Choose FI, like this podcast would not exist without Brad and Jonathan at Choose FI. They are phenomenal, but they took care of all of that. And their business model was destroyed by the pandemic. And so they couldn't afford to keep doing it. And now I've actually got to think about where does the cash come from to be able to keep the podcast going. And I, this is going to sound really bad. I want to spend my time helping people. I don't really care about that. Um, But I know I now have to care about that, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know entirely what we're going to do. We need to come up with a plan. We need to have more conversations. Um, But I just want the podcast to keep going and to keep helping people. And when I did that episode about what's the future of the podcast, the feedback emails, if I've not replied to you yet, I'm on it, but you made a huge difference to me by sending me an email after that episode saying, keep going. Like the number of messages that said, keep going were just, just phenomenal and really impacted me. So I have a new drive and a push to get out there. And I feel like I'm recording some of my best content. Like I did three episodes yesterday and there was one in particular that really I feel like I'm recording some of my best content and it keeps getting better. That's awesome. So Doug, real quick, one quick follow-up. Doug alluded to our t-shirt and underwear store, which is an actual thing. Alan, if the rebel entrepreneur had a t-shirt and or boxer shorts, what would be on there? What would your graphic be? Would it be a superhero or something else? Oh, I love that. I love that. Uh, Simon and I quite often talk about putting on your brave pants uh, when you're going out to make a sale. So I'd love rebel entrepreneur brave pants. Uh, God, God, we're we're doing rebel finance school started. uh, It's going to start on the 23rd of May. So when this comes out, it will have started a week. Rebel finance school is what my wife and I uh, do together. And we talk about, 
We have this expression of you don't want to get taxed at both ends. Um, because, you know, if you use uh, tax advantage accounts, you either get taxed when you put it in or when you take it out. Whereas if you put your money in a general account, you've paid tax on it when it goes in and tax on it when you sell it. Uh, and no one likes to get taxed at both ends. And it's a joke, but it's also really serious. So I would love a pair of boxer shorts with Rebel Finance School on the back. And it says on the front, don't get taxed at both ends. That would just make my day. I don't know. There's probably a million expressions that I would have. I would love Rebel Business School t-shirts. Um, I would love a t-shirt that says the extraordinary belongs to those that create it. I would love that. There are so many cool things. I've wanted my own t-shirts for about a year or two now that I could wear. I wear Mad Scientist t-shirts and Mr. Money Mustache t-shirts and probably 89% Marvel t-shirts, as Carl will be able to tell you. So it would be it would be cool to have some of my own T-shirts. And what would be really cool is to actually see someone wearing it in the wild. Oh, yeah. I think we can get this done, right? You can get this on. Yeah, I am on it. I've written all this. I've written all this down. <laughs> I'm, I'm currently, we'll talk about this offline, but I'm currently designing another Mile High Fi shirt, which is going to be incredible. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'll get to work on those boxer shorts, brave pants, and shirts. I love that. I love that. And I think it's actually a, you know, you talk about reinforcement when you see a message. I think a lot of the times on our podcast, we talk about there's an idea and then you have to integrate that idea into your mind and into what you're doing. And there was like a book about monks from a long time ago that said that when they were training themselves to think positively or think in a different way, they would have a bracelet on one wrist and every time they had a negative thought or that it didn't go the way they want, they would move the bracelet to the other wrist. And that made them think about it. So I would love that like one of these positive messages or like every time someone put their brave pants on in the morning, it just made them feel a little bit braver. Like I would love that. I think there's actually something quite inspirational about wearing t-shirts that mean something to you or stuff that means something to you i actually genuinely think like it helps you to train your brain into thinking that way after a certain period um there i've made it serious again after our jokes uh, apologies <laughs> that's all right so we kind of alluded to it, but I'm just going to ask directly so you could fill in any gaps if needed so what happened with the show you did mention that the business model shifted quite a bit with the pandemic for Choose FI. And you recorded an episode on your podcast, so we could refer people to that. But can you go into any more depth or add any more details that would help people understand? Yeah, so literally, Choose FI, they are amazing. They gave me a huge amount of notice. I, I love them for that because they gave me a massive amount of time to find out where I was going next and what I was doing. But yeah, I had the phone call and they said, okay, that's it. <laughs> We're not going to be able to fund the show, but you've got plenty of time to find out where you're going next. And then I'm left going, do I still want to do the podcast? Where do I go? I mean, if you want to know the full story, listen to that episode that I did. That is called The Future of Rebel Entrepreneur. And yeah, then I was left thinking, do I still want to be a podcaster? What do I want to spend my time doing? Where's my life going? Like you end up with a huge amount of big questions that I spent time trying to figure out. And yeah, it then like I sent that podcast episode out saying it's changing. 
are any of you actually listening? Please, please send me a message and tell me whether you want me to keep going because I just don't know if you're there. And we had a hugely positive response. The, the audience to my podcast, I love them. They are incredible. They're just out there hustling, making things happen, building things. And there was one lady, she's going to come on the podcast soon. She's amazing. She wrote in saying, like, never messaged a podcast before. I don't even want to build a business but I listen to yours because I apply the skills in my life to my community projects, to my church, to what I'm doing. And it's made such an impact on my life. I'm like, wow, I love this. Cause I don't, I don't care if anyone builds a business after my podcast or not. I care if they make progress towards the life they want. And that's always been my aim. Like I'm not trying to force anyone to be an entrepreneur. I don't care. I just want you to have a happy life because I truly believe if we can all earn money doing something we love, find more joy in our lives, build a life that we're truly proud of, the world will be a better place. <laughs> we'll all just be a little bit happier and get along with each other. And so that inspired me to keep going. And then I'm going, okay, so what model am I going to go for? Where am I going? And then Carl messages and I'm like, Carl, yes. Like, let's chat about this. Let's do it. And we had the chats and I actually spoke to lots of different people about what we wanted to do. But like, you guys had the most pure inspiration for just wanting me to help people. And that made me go, okay, cool. Like, we're on the same page. Let's do this. Uh, and that kind of led to where we are today. I do have a question for you both, though, which I think is very important for my audience as well. Where do you see the rebel entrepreneur going? Um, if it doesn't raise its own money in the next couple of months, are you just going to ditch us? Like, where do you see the future of this going? Do you have any thoughts right off? Yeah, I, I, I guess my first thought is we never thought about telling you where you should go. I think people do best, their best work when they're not, when they're do what they think they should be doing. And that's what we want to do with you. So we would never tell you what to do or what not to do. Uh, my complete autonomy there. If any changes come to the Rebel Entrepreneur podcast, it's going to be because of you. And not us. So I just want to make that completely clear to to everyone in the audience and everyone who's loved Alan's work so far. But as to the other question, if we're going to ditch you or not, Doug and I have been at it for like 100 <laughs> episodes and we've been putting lots of money into it and time, uh, read lots of books and all that. And uh, yeah, uh, it, we're fine with it so far, I guess so. But I, 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 and Alan, I have a lot more confidence in you than I do in us. So. Or me, uh, yeah, Doug same. is uh, Doug is great, but me, I don't have I have zero confidence in what we do. But yeah, no, we're we're not going to ditch you. You might ditch us. That's what that actually is my concern. That you kind of alluded to yet other offers. I'm like, I don't. I didn't know that. We I didn't know we were in um, yeah competition with other people. But yeah, I know I knew other people had reached out to you from some of your comments on Rubble Entrepreneur, but I didn't think. I thought maybe it was a maybe a forty or thirty percent chance that you would actually agree to do this because I'm like, Hound's yeah, probably going to get some better offers and uh he's bigger than us so why the hell would he want to come work with us at all so i'm thankful you're here and no we're not going to ditch you 
I agree with Carl, number one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just what Carl said, yes. <laughs> and I think, you know, number two is the cost to run a podcast, even with the editing, although I haven't edited any of your shows, uh, it hasn't gone through the system yet, but the cost is relatively modest and, you know, it would be something that we could float, although we wouldn't want to do it ongoing, but I'm pretty sure with donations, if we're, if we actually ask like, Hey, we need help with this. And even if you just gave like two bucks a month or something, if you listen to the show occasionally, like something very modest from a handful of listeners would probably cover the cost for the show. I mean, your time and our time is probably more valuable than the cost of producing the show. So I think it's fairly straightforward. So no, we won't need to drop you. <laughs> that, that, that would be so dramatic, you know, two, two cancellations in one year. But... The, the other I've been piece, through worse. I've been dumped before, <laughs> Doug. It's okay. You're you're very yeah. You're strong. It, the, the other part is I do. Um, you know, Carl said we won't make any changes, and we wouldn't make you make any changes. But I do. I like the art and the uh, craft of podcasting. I'm very interested in. So I definitely want to collaborate with you in. You know advisement and i would actually you know want that from you in the other direction too so we always want to improve and i have ideas because like i said i've done a lot of shows myself and i do stuff on youtube so there are certain pieces of content where maybe i would say alan there's a style of interview slash case study that seems to work well with my audience you know, maybe you try it out and just test it and see if it fits with what you want to do, if the audience likes it, that sort of thing. So it would be more like collaboration versus like, hey, this is what you need to do. So. You know, I love a good mini experiment. You know, I love testing oh, yeah. things. We've just, the last two episodes that we've released were actually a, a two-parter uh, with William Wadsworth. It was called Time Traveling Entrepreneurship. And I actually recorded the like there was three years between the content of that episode. So it was an email that was sent to me. I met the guy, we did a podcast, a year passed, we did another podcast, a year passed, we did more. Uh, and like, that was a really experimental episode, especially Pod Patrick, the podcast manager. Um, he did an introduction where he pretended to be an airline pilot, uh, introducing you to time travel. <laughs> it was quite experimental. It was a bit different. And we had a lot of fun with that. And like the audience reaction seems to have been good. I did one recently where I did a, a walking podcast with Simon in the jungle of Columbia, uh, where he was bitten by mosquitoes endlessly, which I found quite amusing. <laughs> But like we're up for some experimenting because you never quite know what would happen. And you've inspired an idea. As you spoke, an idea came to me. And this is just an idea. I don't know whether we should do this, but I'm going to pitch it to you. I've been thinking when I arrived here in Colombia, the Colombian team of Rebel Business School had put together a board for their business school. So they had someone from the Colombian uh, government. They had the chief lawyer for Diageo. They had all these different incredible people that came together 
to help them decide where Rebel Business School was, Columbia was going, how they could help the right people, how they could expand. And as you spoke about you collaborating on my show, it made me think we should have a board for the Rebel Entrepreneur podcast. And I should like invite the audience to say if they want to help with that. And maybe it's a quarterly meeting where we meet on Zoom for a couple of hours or an hour and talk about what do we want to try on the podcast, what's working, what's not. I think that would be really interesting because at the moment it's just me going, this is what we should do. And I am not the arbiter of all good ideas. Like I just do what I think is right. So actually I really value that. And that would be, that. that's a really interesting idea is a, a rebel entrepreneur board that actually helps influence the direction of the podcast and how it helps people. That's pretty what do smart. You think? Yeah. That sounds like a great idea. Like it's like a little focus group sort of. Yeah. I, th I think the challenge with that would be finding the right people who have the knowledge and the creativity to give you good criticism, but with your audience, I think you could find that if you don't already have, people like that in your network well yeah like five people jumped to mind immediately and you talk about the listeners the secret sponsor that's helped us with some money to transition he came to mind there's like there's some incredible people there's jessica who's been on the show a few times who teaches entrepreneurship and she's a super fan of the podcast there's this guy william wadsworth who has his own very successful podcast teaching people how to learn and like there's some incredible, like, I am truly shocked and inspired by the audience that listen to the Rebel Entrepreneur podcast. They are phenomenal people, and I know they've got amazing ideas. Yeah, like, let me have a think about how that would actually work. But I know, like, the people are there. The people are there. Like, just having you guys giving me ideas as well and sharing the ideas, the people are there. It's just bringing it together and making it happen. Yeah, it might be interesting. This is a little bit different, but having a Discord group where fans can get together and comment on episodes or perhaps give you ideas. I've seen some YouTube channels I pay attention to have their own Discord group, and some are about the episodes. Others are about ideas for future episodes or random things of about the subject matter that the podcast is about. So that might be interesting. I would pay maybe... Less attention to that, but it might give your fans another way to interact with the community you've built and help them help each other. Yes, and I've been particularly bad at building a community around the podcast. Just I get very focused on what I'm doing and I get too many emails every day to be able to respond to. I find it hard to keep up with emails and messages. The thing with Discord is the whole one quick follow-up is it wouldn't be – it would be for – Listeners to help each other, not so much. It might actually take work off on take work off of you. People may not feel the need to ping you. Hey, I'll ping the community instead. So I think it might have the opposite effect. I don't know if it actually works out that way, but that was my thought. Mm. Okay, and I, I was going to say I'm bad with community stuff as well. Same same reasons. It's like there's so many messages, there's so many things to keep up with, and I have heard a couple of my friends have had audience members create the discord and then it just kind of runs on its own. I think it has to be sort of like the right chemistry and all that stuff. But yeah, I don't think he really even participates over there, but I'm not, I'm not big on the 
whether it's a Facebook group or a Slack channel or whatever, like I basically don't participate in any of those things. There's too many notifications on my phone anyway. So I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. So (laughs) it is tough. And I think that's the challenge of an entrepreneur is there's so many messages, so many things to do. You have to, at some stage go, what am I going to focus on? Yeah. So as we're, we're wrapping up here, I am curious if you're able to share any, you know, stats, maybe historically as far as downloads or anything that you want to share about Rebel Entrepreneur and things that you're excited with about the transition. So I think we were looking up the stats yesterday with Patrick, the podcast manager, and we're nearly at half a million downloads which I can't believe, half a million downloads of the show. We've done a couple of hundred episodes. And recently, the last month, the listener numbers have doubled, which I don't really know why. They've gone, like, we've had 9,000 downloads this week, which Hmm. is crazy. Uh, And the numbers have grown massively. I don't know whether it's the content. I don't know whether it's in my amazing audience sharing the podcast. I'm not sure what's happened. Like, how do you even know? Um, So... I'm really excited that we're actually genuinely helping a huge number of people at the moment and it's getting out there. I'm super excited about the upcoming coaching series. They seem to have a huge impact for people. We're right in the middle of the Christina series. Uh, I have some great series of the coaching series coming up. There's one on confidence. There's one on building a podcast. There's one on sales. I'm doing one where I am being coached to write a book. So if anyone out there has ever thought about writing a book or putting out a content, it's actually been incredible to go through that process of being coached to write a book. And we've got some great series being recorded. And then the one yesterday about identity and sales, I think is just going to like, I really feel like we're getting somewhere. And yeah, I'd love to do like I've had this idea of the board you can't afford for ages. That's on my list of things to do as a huge competition. I want to get on and do these things. I'm just excited. I am excited. I just like, let me at it. Awesome. Yeah, that all sounds awesome. The thought going through my head is, have you ever seen Wayne's World, either of you? Yeah, it's been yes, I have. Yeah. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. (laughs) You have a lot of good stuff coming up. And uh, I'm sure Doug and I do too. We just haven't thought as much about it as you. Thank you, Alan. I I think, Carl, you underestimate yourself quite often. Uh, Carl is the king of underestimating what he does and how he does it and the energy of his talks. And like some of your blog articles are sensational your talks for the Rebel Business School. I haven't seen your economy talk yet, but I want to when it's released on video. Like I think you underestimate yourself, Carl, massively. And I think that's the same for a lot of people out there with their audience. Like in our audience, they they underestimate themselves. And I just I think that's been a bit of a mission of mine is just to give people confidence and get them out in there in the world. And yeah. I think I've been trying to inspire you with your confidence to go further as well, the same as everyone else. Yeah, thank you for saying as much. This sounds like an episode in itself. 
Yeah, so many jumping off points. Yeah, this is um, this has been awesome, Alan. And yeah, we're really excited to work with you. All all the things that you mentioned too. It's like, oh man, this is fantastic. This is why we we want you to be on our network. So it's our pleasure, really. And any parting thoughts, Alan? Parting thoughts to everyone out there. Actually, like I, lo- my podcast loves a good closing message. I don't know if you know this, but like I tried to end every episode on a closing message. And sometimes, when a door closes, it can feel like the end of the world. The door closes. You wonder what to do. Where are you going? What's going to happen next? And it happens to all of us at different times. And. What I want to say to everyone listening to this is if you've had a door close onto you, there is another door that will open. You have to stay positive. You have to push out into the world. You have to communicate. You have to talk. You have to go out there with incredible positivity. And if you do that, it's unbelievable the new doors that will open to you. And I'm so excited that the door to the Mile High Fi podcast network which is particularly hard to say, has opened for me to come and join you. And thank you for opening this door for the podcast, for our listeners to keep us going. And to everyone out there, keep pushing. The door will open. Yeah. Can't top that. Thank you. Yeah, we can't do anything else. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Alan. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the show. That was the Mile High Five podcast, and I'm Doug Cunnington, the Balder host, and Carl Jensen is the cool, sexy one. If you dig the show, please do three things for us. Number one, tell a friend, a family member, an enemy about the show. We really don't care who you tell. Maybe forward them a specific show that you know that they will like. It's the single most helpful thing that you could do to spread the word. It's like giving us a virtual high five and uh, actually we don't give high fives in in person. So the virtual kind's pretty good. And more importantly, your friend or family member or even your enemy will appreciate the fact that you were thinking of them. Number two, make sure you're following or subscribed on your podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, YouTube, whatever you're using. And that way you won't miss a show. And number three, please leave us a rating and review. We read them on the show occasionally, and you might hear yours out there on an upcoming episode. Quick disclaimer, this show is not financial or legal advice. I'd actually be surprised if it sounded like it. It's really just for entertainment, and that's at least what we're hoping for. But seriously, get advice from professionals. Carl and I are just two guys with microphones that sit in my basement and talk. So we'll catch y'all next week. Alan, how did you sleep last night? I actually slept remarkably well. Uh, we watched the latest episode of Moon Knight on Disney Plus, had a giant burger, and then I passed out and slept like a baby. Very nice. And where are you located right now? Bogota, Colombia, or as you Americans like to say, Bogota. <laughs> Bogota. Very nice. So are the burgers pretty good there? Or? Uh, it's actually called Burger Burgermaster Week. So there is a 
a countrywide competition to find the best burger and you can vote on the best burgers in the different places and they have incredible Katie had a peanut butter and strawberry topping on her burger the other night which was out of this world different um yeah and my burger last night was 50% chorizo 50% beef in the uh, patty which was quite quite uh, the experience wow so a related story, Doug once got busy in a Burger King bathroom. Do they have Burger Kings down there? <laughs> <laughs> it's, Burger King has not conquered Colombia. Uh, the king of burgers has not made it down here. They have their own brands. Uh, they have Chef Burger and El Corral and, uh, yeah, Burger King. You need to step up your game if you're going to take Colombia. <laughs> It'll happen. Give it time. <laughs> It's nice to see you both. I've been really looking forward to this. Yeah, we're pumped. We're excited here. I was going to say, sleeping-wise, I didn't sleep super well last night. It's starting to warm up here, and the house will heat up. And if it were me, I would just turn on the air conditioner at night. But Elizabeth is like very, she's like, I don't know if we should turn it on. It's like a big decision to make, you know? I'm like, let's just turn it on for like a couple hours or whatever. Um, anyway, so... I, it was just hot last night for a few hours. So I woke up at like midnight for probably an hour. I mean, it kind of sucks. Oh, wow. Um, That's not good. No, it's just fucking, I mean, normally it's, uh, you know, we keep it like 65 or so for sleeping time. And, uh, you know, it's like 70, 72. So, I mean, that's pretty significant to, yeah. you know, you're used to a certain temp and yeah, what are you going to do? Were you sweaty and moist when you woke up? Extremely, yeah. Okay. Extremely, yeah. That's never fun to wake up in a pool of your own bodily fluids. <laughs> no, no, it's not. All right, and then Carl, how'd you sleep? <laughs> how straight do we play it on this podcast? Like, do you say the line and then just keep a straight face? I'm not sure what the you level go. of humor is here. Um, Carl, how did you sleep? We'll just move on quickly. Yeah, so. I I slept pretty poorly too, but for different reasons than both of you. So, Doug, I'm extremely concerned about temperature. I, I love sleeping when it's cold, but I've got that chili pad. So when it gets warmer, I just crank down the temperature on that. And what that is, it's a pad that pumps cool water under your sheet so you can mm -hmm. regulate yourself pretty well. Uh, so, yeah, that helps with the temperature. But for some reason, I don't know why this is. I had taken a shower a couple hours before. Same soap, same sheets and all that, but I was itchy like the whole night. I woke up at like two in the morning, like oh, nice. scratching all over like my neck and other parts of my body that I won't describe. So I don't know what was going on there, but yeah, pretty itchy. So itchy. I, and there were no, like everything was the same. Like there were no variables that I could think of except maybe pollen or something like that in the air. I don't know. There's flowering trees and shit. But yeah, a lot of stuff is blooming. Some Sometimes that's a sign of worrying about something that's coming up. Is there anything on your mind, Carl, huh. such as this podcast or something bigger? Not this podcast, but there has been some stress in my life. So maybe that's the source of it. Okay. Mm. I so want to dig in, but I don't think it's appropriate right now. <laughs> yeah. How does that make you feel? All right. <laughs> that's a good, good sound check here. 